Hi there, Sport of Business podcasters. Hope everybody's having a great week so far. Before we dig into today's episode, I thought I'd give you a history. Now, there are two things that have fundamentally changed the way I run my business. One of those is getting a business mentor. Many of you listening have experienced that value. The second is what we're going to talk about in today's episode. My guest is Sarah Jantz, Vice President of Operations for Duct Tape Marketing. Duct Tape, for those who are unaware, is a worldwide strategy-driven small business marketing firm. In our conversation, Sarah outlines two principles that still drive my marketing efforts today. The first of those is identifying your perfect client personas, and the second is determining your core difference. By now, you know the importance of content marketing. The second step to developing that content is ensuring that your ideal future customers can find you. In today's market, everyone who is searching for CrossFit has likely already found it. Our goal going forward is to educate our market that CrossFit can solve their current problems, things like fat loss, strength, cross-training for sports-specific athletes. Going forward, it isn't enough to rank on Google for CrossFit in your town. You need to be ranking for fitness, fat loss, strength, gyms, personal training, cross-training, conditioning, and that list goes on and on. Furthermore, it's vitally important that you're the first affiliate in your market to do so. For this very reason, we've launched a new course in the 321GO Project Academy, the SEO course, or Search Engine Optimization. As you'll hear Sarah mention in our show, it's become vital for today's box owner to clearly communicate their core difference. Here's your chance to make yours. You can find some free SEO resources by going to 321GOProject.com as well as hear from the course instructor, Josh Sturgeon, in episode three of this podcast. Now let's dive into Sarah's interview. If I were you, I'd sit down, grab a pen, and jot down some notes on this one. If you're on the road, save this episode for your CEO hours this week. Thanks for listening. You're listening to the Sport of Business podcast, powered by the 321 Go Project. We've talked with over 500 gym owners just like you, and every week we'll bring you the best of the best. We chat with industry experts as well as deliver advice that you can use today. For more, visit 321goproject.com. Three, two, one, what is your role with duct tape marketing? My role is the vice president of operations. I actually just moved into that role. Um, but really a wide range of things from just helping everything move forward with the business. And then also I'm a small business marketing consultant as well. And then I also train our consultants. We have about 90 marketing consultants that are duct tape consultants located all around the world. So for those of the uh, those of our listeners that don't aren't aware of duct tape marketing, what do you guys specialize in? Our main tagline and what we focus on and try to drive everything that we do behind is providing simple, effective, and affordable small business solutions to our clients. And something that we really focus on with all that, and I think that we're going to talk about a bit today, is focusing on strategies so coming up with a game plan for our clients in, in terms of their marketing, and then eventually moving on to some more of the tactical elements um, that most people think about marketing, like content marketing and SEO and stuff of that sort. Absolutely. So... Uh... And correct me if I'm wrong, do you still hold the title of best clean and jerk in all of digital marketing? <laughs> I don't know about that. I hope so. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. So, uh, so I, I should let everybody know that, that, Sarah, you actually did go to my gym. And so you are 
not only um, somebody that's been involved in digital marketing and small business marketing for a long time, but you are, you know, you were and are, in fact, a, a CrossFitter as well. So I think that a good spot for you and I to launch off from, Sarah, is that some people that are listening to this that are gym owners may hear about some marketing principles that either we're going to talk about today or maybe they've heard about elsewhere and may think, oh, no, that doesn't apply to CrossFit. Um, so could you speak to that just a little bit? Yeah, I think a lot of people will start a business and go after something they're passionate about, such as starting a CrossFit gym, and marketing is something that they don't consider right off the bat. And so they're able to grow and develop over time just the word of mouth and getting, you know, getting a following in their area, but they are not able to expand past that until they start focusing on some of the most important elements of marketing. So one thing that we're realizing from talking to so many gym owners is that that gone are the days where somebody could just open up a CrossFit affiliate and have customers finding them just because they had a CrossFit sign out front. So like we would probably consider that like our first tier customers, like they would have found us regardless. Um, so define maybe some different audiences that the CrossFit gym can begin to speak to that they maybe aren't already. Yeah, one of the biggest things with any type of marketing, and especially with something like CrossFit, is getting your word out there and educating people. And so I think by now enough people have joined CrossFit that already knew about CrossFit and that knew they were going to join from the beginning. So now the opportunity to expand your gym is you're going to have to get in front of more people that don't necessarily know what CrossFit is exactly or know all the benefits that CrossFit has to offer. And so a lot of the opportunity there is creating educational content on your website online um, that not just talks about CrossFit, but all the other things that are included in CrossFit as well. So you're getting in front of different audiences and, and really sharing the benefits that you have to offer. So let's dig right into this then. Let's talk about who, who is this person. Let's try and define some of the people uh, that could potentially find us. Not necessarily because they have like a brother or a husband or a wife that does CrossFit and that's how they found out about it, but we're, we're talking about people who have never heard of it before and maybe haven't pre-qualified themselves. Uh, let's just go through an exercise, you and me, of discovering that person. Of course. And so, well, it all starts with, first and foremost, getting to know your own clients. And so the ones that are your best possible clients are ones that do three things. They value your difference. Mm -hmm. They're profitable for you, so they keep coming back each month and paying their fees on time and maybe buying some extra things from you like shirts or whatever you're offering. Um, and they also refer you to all their friends and family. And so before you can really go and attract all kinds of clients, you, un you need to first start with understanding who those people are. Mm -hmm. And then you need to come up with a game plan to attract those clients. They're clients that are similar to those ideal people. And so, again, that they value you, they're profitable, and they refer you. Okay. Uh, so define that. Like That's one thing that we hear all the time is, is value. We're selling value. Um, you know, I, I hear a lot of this come out from all of the content that, that Duct Tape puts out is, is really leading with value. What are some strategies around uh, communicating that value? Yeah, so first you have to really understand what your true value is. So it's not enough just to be a CrossFit gym out there. You have to come up with something that almost makes all the other competition in your area relevant. And so one thing that we recommend that people do when they're, they're working on this core difference or this core value is, again, sitting down and actually talking to who these ideal clients are once they've defined who they are. 
and trying to figure out as much possible information from these ideal clients about their experience with you. And so asking them questions like, why did you join our gym in the first place? Why have you stayed with us over time? If you were were to refer us um, to a friend, what are some of the things you would say? If you had to talk about our gym and say one word, what would that one word be? And so taking that feedback from your clients and listening for themes over time and then developing that into your core difference or your value proposition is how you can actually set yourself apart from other competitors in the area. What do you mean by core difference? Core difference is something that you could say that none of your competitors could say. So you can't just be a CrossFit gym or you can't just be a CrossFit gym with a great community anymore because a lot of gyms have a great community. It has to be something that is completely specific to your gym that other people could not say. Ooh, I like that. And so it's almost your, your rallying cry that not only you can get behind, but your members can get behind as well. Awesome. I want to come back around to that. But for right now, let's just sit with this this exercise that we're doing of defining our ideal client. So let's just say hypothetically, I've identified this person who is my ideal client. They value the things that I'm doing. They value the coaching and experience and progressions that I have. Um, they are a profitable client and they have been referring people and they talk about me and they post all over Facebook about how much fun they have at my gym. So now that I have this data, uh, what can I do with this like questionnaire that I've done with this imaginary client? Well, what you do is you take all this information that you've gathered and you basically the next step is to create almost personas. And so let's say you have a group of people at your gym that are your ideal clients, but they're really competitive. That's one type of persona that you could go after. And when I'm talking about personas, basically you're trying to identify everything about them. So where do they go outside of the gym? What do they read? What do they listen to? What do they search for online? Um, That kind of information is what you're trying to gather about those specific personas. So you have one for, let's say, your competitors at your gym. And then you have another group of people at your gym who are still your ideal clients, but they're maybe just joining CrossFit for the first time and they just become your biggest raving fans that goes tells everyone about CrossFit, they're another type of persona. And so learning as much information about these two groups of people will then allow you to target them and develop your messaging when you're reaching out to more prospects that fit into these personas moving forward. And, and so what I'm hearing you say is that not necessarily am I looking to attract like as many people as possible. I mean, like put a, put a billboard up on the side of the road, like whoever drives by it looks at it. But we're actually trying to develop a plan that is very specific and targeted for a type of persona from within our business, correct? Exactly. A lot of people will get in when they're just getting started, they're trying to be everything to everyone. And so it doesn't allow them to be experts and it doesn't allow them to really get into a niche of people. And so that's exactly right. I mean, you need to define a couple groups or a couple persona types that you want to go after that make the most sense for your gym and then focus on narrowing that more focus um, group of people versus just marketing to the world and trying to get anyone to come through your doors. Awesome. So give us an example. So uh, let's just take your example of the competitor persona. So this is um, like your fire breather doing multiple workouts a day, like and representing you all over the city. Like what's an example of something that you can do to speak to this person in your marketing efforts once you define them? A lot of it could be the type of content that you write on your website. So 
just a complete example, I'm at I'm out in Denver, Colorado now, and one of our gym that I go to now really is a competitor gym. That's one of their main focuses. And we actually have a Olympic lifting coach that is there probably from like 5 a.m. till 5 or like all hours of the night each night. And he is there working with all the athletes and knows his stuff. And so they would have a really great opportunity to have him write a bunch of educational content uh, to be found online on their website. So then if someone's going to consider joining our gym, they'll see that we have a true expert there that could help them with Olympic lifting. And therefore, they'd be more attracted to come to our gym versus another one that might be in the area. So that's a great – and I think – so we're kind of like segueing into um, th- this other topic of differentiation or core difference. But in that example that you talked about, like there are very few gyms. I would say there's probably no gyms in Denver that can say, hey, we have a highly skilled, highly developed Olympic weightlifting coach that is here all day. You can just walk in whenever you want and here this person is ready to make you better at these two lifts. Like that's a very mm-hmm. specific core demographic that they could go after then, correct? Exactly. And so right there with just having him at our gym, they have a core difference that they're able to talk about, but then they also attract their ideal clients that are the competitors, that, which is who they're trying to bring into their gym. So they're kind of killing two birds with one stone. Yeah, no, absolutely. So, uh, so in talking a little bit more about differentiation and, and identifying that core difference, uh, you had mentioned talking to your clients and identifying the persona of your ideal client. But what are some other exercises that that business owners in general, or more specifically the CrossFit gym, what what kind of exercises could we do to identify what those core differences are? Well, the one thing, I mean, the first thing that we just talked about, as you said, is is, is interviewing your clients. I think that's first and foremost um, really important. I think another thing that's really beneficial is going out there and doing research as to what other gyms are saying in your area. So starting with CrossFit gyms, because there's a million of them everywhere. So starting with CrossFit gyms and even going to the about pages and copying exactly what they're saying is their core difference and putting those all in one document and making sure that what you're preaching is different than what all the competitors in your area are preaching. Mm. So, so that's a great, so, uh, so one of the things you'd mentioned, like, I'm just looking at my notes here. You'd mentioned like community, like, Nobody's allowed to even say community anymore. Like it's it's everywhere. Everybody's got a great community. That's what they put right out front in CrossFit. But one of the things that we're realizing is that nobody knows what that means. You know what I mean? Like if I mm-hmm. asked you, Sarah, before you ever joined a CrossFit gym, what is a CrossFit community? You would have no idea, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I was I, when I walked into your gym, I had no idea what to expect, and I was honestly going to a free class, and I was like. I'll just try this one time, but I don't think I'm going to, you know, pay for a membership, blah, blah, blah. And then I got to know the people right off the bat and got to know the community right off the bat. And actually that ended up being the reason I joined, but you're absolutely right. People don't necessarily understand that until they get to step foot in the gym and see it firsthand. Yeah. So when you're like, when you're searching on the internet and you're just bombarded with the word community, that it, it just is quite honestly meaningless at that point, because you really don't know what that means until you've experienced it. So in what are what are some other core differences that you've seen in in CrossFit gyms? So like you just relocated to Denver and you had mm-hmm. a very you probably had you were a much more informed consumer at that point. Like you had you had been doing CrossFit for a long time. 
So then when you're relocating and looking for a new box, what did that process look like for you as an individual? Yeah, so for me, when we were moving out here, um, we honestly, first thing we started with was location. And so the first thing we turned to was online. And so you go and you type in gyms in the area, you look at websites. Um, a really big thing for me is educational content on the website. So just making sure that the gym knows what they're talking about um, was big for me. And then also another big thing is Facebook, Facebook pages. Um, I think having an active page, having members comment, reviews, all that stuff is really important. And then the third thing for me was we wanted to go to a gym that was a bit more competitive. And so going and we actually, the first day when we went into this gym, met the Olympic lifting coach. I mean, that was a big deciding factor for both of us. And it was actually ended up being the only gym that we went into when we were deciding so, which one to join. So, all right. So two things you mentioned, the first one was educational content. Was it, was it the fact that there was content there or was it the actual substance of the content that was important to you? I think the types of content and also that it's there. And so when we talk about educating new clients when they're coming through the door or finding you for the first time, we talk about having a marketing hourglass is what we basically refer to it as. And so it's getting people to know, like, trust you, and then try, buy, repeat, and refer. And so when I'm talking about educational content, that really fits into the know and the like and the trust. So if someone comes to your website for the first time, if it's just a blank website that you haven't put any effort into, it's a lot harder to build that relationship right off the bat before they even set foot into your gym. So if you really dedicate time in educating people on CrossFit and what you have to offer and what your unique core difference and who your ideal clients are, if you have all that information on your website, it builds that trust element right off the bat. And I think that would be just a first step for any box owner is to just, hey, have something there. Like it doesn't need to be the most profound thing necessarily, unless that's your core difference. Unless you're like, if your core difference is super nerdy, like physiological content, then cool, do that. But I think that's an important point for people to hear is that, hey, just have something there. Like that's a great first step is that something exists on your site. Exactly. So Facebook And then continue to develop it over time. I mean, I think is absolutely important too. So, so you'd also mentioned looking at Facebook pages as well. Are you looking at how many likes does this person have or, 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 you know, what's important to you when you look at a Facebook? For me, when I'm looking at specifically CrossFit gyms, even if I'm just traveling and looking at going to a different gym to stop in at, the biggest thing um, is obviously likes, but not necessarily just a number. It's more of you know, the engagement with the audience. And so, like, for example, I know you guys post a lot of pictures every single day um, when you're announcing the workouts, and you get such great engagement from that because your current um, members are going in there and they're commenting and they're seeing their friends and they're laughing and it's just creating that community online. And so seeing that on, like, a Facebook page gives you an idea of what the actual experience would be like when you go into a gym. I, th I heard somebody say at a webinar the other day that, your website exists to show people you know what you're doing, and then your Facebook page exists to also show that you're humans doing those things. Exactly. And so just the pictures alone, I mean, if I go to a Facebook page and for a CrossFit gym that I'm trying to stop in at, and there's just like their logo as the image, and maybe they have like two pictures, and then they just kind of like promote stuff on their page, like that doesn't really give me enough incentive to, to go into their gym because I just don't know what I'm expecting at all. Where if, you know, they have their 
members posted on their Facebook page and they're commenting and they're liking, you know, that's so much more inviting to come into the gym for the first time, I think, because like you said, you're able to see those people and you're able to like relate to the members and then, you know, go in and want to experience it yourself. And what a powerful thing too. Like it's interesting that you, you hear fear from a lot of box owners that they're having to now compete with a Globo gym, but like, that's a great differentiating factor right there is that here you have like a Globo gym using stock images for their Facebook page and marketing. And here you are actually like, it's just even a picture with an iPhone, but it's a human that actually exists instead of like a fitness model whose stock image I bought off the internet. Exactly. And if you do develop, you know, a really great, you know, a, a good CrossFit gym almost develops like raving fans and their members. I mean, they talk about CrossFit on social media all the time. They check in a lot of times when they're going to the gym. They tell all their friends about it and whatnot. And so if you can create that and get your members to do that online, you now have 50 marketers going out there and spreading the word versus just you going at it alone. So that's something that I think is a huge advantage for CrossFit gyms versus like a 24-hour fitness. So, Sarah, you gave us some great homework here, and I just wanted to recap it with everybody. So identifying who those ideal clients are, the people that are um, that value you, that are profitable, and that are referring you, and then also identifying what your core difference is. So we're going we're to identify that core difference from those ideal personas that we're using, and then also we're going to go to look around on the Internet, go to people's About Us page, copy and paste that into the same document and see if your about us and your copy does not look exactly like theirs and kind of identify some things. So before we, before we leave, Sarah, um, you maybe want to leave us with maybe like one or two mistakes that you see a lot of box owners making or one or two things where you think that they could just very easily turn around today and take action on. One mistake I would say is not, focusing on the online presence as well and at all I mean sorry about that so just putting a website up and then never going back and writing a blog for example so I think a really easy thing that a CrossFit gym can do is just post their daily logs on a blog that gets content produced on a daily basis it allows them to rank better in search it builds that level of trust right off the bat so definitely maintaining your website and adding new content to it is something I would do right off the bat and where I see a lot of mistakes from um, and then just going back to everything that we've kind of talked about, another thing is not developing a core difference is a huge mistake, I think. So a lot of times people will just say, you know, we're a CrossFit gym and we offer this and that's it, but you're not setting yourself apart. So definitely if you were going to do anything, it would be focusing on your core difference first and foremost. And I think that that could be any, one of the things that you told me so early on, Sarah, was. Um, you know, I, I, you and I kind of talked uh, together and I had identified a pain point and that pain point was like, oh, I need more clients in the door. I need more leads. And you really like changed my thought press process on that and saying, no, you actually just need the right leads. You're never going to fill up exactly. a box with 5,000 people, like fill it up with 150 awesome people that will be there for forever. You know what I mean? Kind of shift that focus. Exactly. Exactly. Awesome. Uh, so, Sarah, how can uh, how can people find you? What's the what's uh, Duct Tape's website? It's just www.ducttapemarketing.com. So, d u c t t a p e marketing.com. 
Awesome. And uh, there's a podcast there uh, that you guys put out that is awesome and super valuable. And you guys are always putting out like really great content that small business owners, Jim or otherwise, could could really get some value from. So I'd encourage people to go check that out. Thank you. Awesome. Sarah, thanks so much. Of course. It was good speaking with you. Thank you, Matt. All right. Talk to you later. Thanks for listening to the Sport of Business podcast. If you found this valuable, be sure to subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher and leave us a review. For more information, head over to 321goproject.com.